Welcome to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I am so happy that you are here with us on Living a Life Within the Sweet Spot. I'm an author, a coach, and a speaker, and I'm also the founder of Fulfill Your Legacy, where I help people deeply partner their life with God and tap into the Trinity and all that offers. I help them get to a place where they're empowered by the work they do, the health they're in, and the relationships they have. And we know that with man, this is not always possible, but with God, things, all things are possible. So let's go ahead and get started. Now, typically when I do this show, you guys know that I break it into three parts. The show that aired earlier this morning, I did a little different because I had a guest in that I knew had so much more insight and understanding that I just wanted you guys to have the whole hour of of Jody. Same for this one. This is next week's episode. We're doing it early, but there's a lot of talk about religion and do we really need religion? We love Jesus. We know God. So do we really need religion? And that breaks my heart. And so I have brought in my pastor. So I have two. This is our lead pastor, Tim Breen. I'd like you to meet him real quick. Say hi. Hi, everybody. Tim Breen. I serve as the lead pastor at the First Reformed Church in Orange City, Iowa. I do a little writing myself. My blog is called Telos, T-E-L-O-S, and have worked on a number of projects with Nikki in the past, most notably our Core 40 study, where we walk through the Bible using 40 essential, pivotal passages to understanding the trajectory of God's Word. And this is a topic that is just makes my heart throb with enthusiasm because uh, I have been part of the church my whole life. I came from a pastor's family. Not only am I a pastor's son, I'm also a pastor's grandson and a pastor's nephew. And so I've seen sort of the inside and the outside of church, the highs and the lows, the goods and the bads. And we're going to try to today to unpack some of what's working with organized religion and some things we know we need to improve on and do differently to be more authentic to what Jesus called us to do. Yeah, and I am so glad you just started us off right with that because we get that this dilemma that we're in is so much because of what the church has done to itself. So it's going to also, it's going to be looking at it real upfront, being honest, owning our place, right? But then also not, I, I hate to say this terminology, but mm. throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. We don't just find the bad things about church and then pitch it all and say, oh, I don't need that. I've got Jesus. You know, we need to fix things that aren't right. And it's written that we need our church and our religion and stuff. So how do we make mm. it work and how do we get it in a right place? All right. So let's go ahead and get started. So we had a video. We found this, well, I found this video, yeah. and I loved it in so many ways, and it bugged me to the core mm. in so many ways. So then I sent it on to you, and you two were like, ooh, okay, yeah, that's good. So we're going to play it real quick. It's short, and then I'm hoping you can hear it. Uh, it. It will be in the record quite loud. If not, don't worry, because I dictated it, and we're going to go over each question, kind of break it apart a bit. So let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> What if I told you Jesus came to abolish religion? What if I told you voting Republican really wasn't his mission? 
What if I told you Republican doesn't automatically mean Christian, and just because you call some people blind doesn't automatically give you vision? I mean, if religion is so great, why has it started so many wars? Why does it build huge churches or fails to feed the poor? Tell single moms God doesn't love them if they've ever had a divorce, but in the Old Testament, God actually calls religious people whores. Religion might preach grace, but another thing they practice, tend to ridicule God's people, they did it to John the Baptist. They can't fix their problems, and so they just mask it, not realizing religion's like spraying perfume on a casket. See, the problem with religion is it never gets to the core. It's just behavior modification, like a long list of chores. Like, let's dress up the outside, they can look nice and neat. But it's funny, that's what they used to do to mummies while the corpse rots underneath. Now I ain't judging, I'm just saying, for putting on a fake look. Because there's a problem if people only know that you're a Christian by your Facebook. I mean, in every other aspect of life, you know that logic's unworthy. It's like saying you play for the Lakers just because you bought a jersey. See, this was me too, but no one seemed to be on to me. Acting like a church kid while addicted to pornography. See, on Sunday I'd go to church, but Saturday getting faded, acting if I was simply created to just have sex and get wasted. See, I spent my whole life building this facade of neatness, but now that I know Jesus, I boast in my weakness. Because if grace is water, then the church should be an ocean. It's not a museum for good people, it's a hospital for the broken. Which means I don't have to hide my failure, I don't have to hide my sin. Because it doesn't depend on me, it depends on Him. See, because when I was God's enemy, and certainly not a fan, he looked down and said, I want that man. Which is why Jesus hated religion, and for it he called them fools. Don't you see so much better than just following some rules? Now let me clarify. I love the church, I love the Bible, and yes, I believe in sin. But if Jesus came to your church, would they actually let him in? See, remember he was called a glutton and a drunkard by religious men. But the Son of God never supports self-righteousness, not now, not then. Now back to the point, one thing is vital to mention. How Jesus and religion are on opposite spectrums. See, one's the work of God, but one's a man-made invention. See, one is the cure, but the other's the infection. See, because religion says do. Jesus says done. Religion says slave. Jesus says son. Religion puts you in bondage, while Jesus sets you free. Religion makes you blind, but Jesus makes you see. And that's why religion and Jesus are two different clans. Religion is man searching for God. Christianity is God searching for man. Which is why salvation is freely mine, and forgiveness is my own. Not based on my merits, but Jesus' obedience alone. Because he took the crown of thorns and the blood dripped down his face. He took what we all deserve. I guess that's why you call it grace. And while being murdered... He yelled, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Because when he was dangling on that cross, he was thinking of you. And he absorbed all your sin, and he buried it in the tomb, which is why I'm kneeling at the cross saying, come on, there's room. So for religion, no, I hate it. In fact, I literally resent it. Because when Jesus said, it is finished, I believe he meant it. All righty. So um, those of you that are going to be popping in, I saw people come on and back off. I don't think they could hear it. So hopefully they just um, pop on with time. This will be loud on the replay. But we're going to break it apart here a little bit. So this gentleman's name, you wrote it down for Jefferson Bethke. Okay, you can go listen on your own if you want. You um, found his video, and so have about 34 million other people. Right. So this, this needs um, noted that people, this is a topic that people care about. And... And we need to get right. 
And um, I guess when I when I listen to this, uh, there's so much that he understands, mm. and there's so much that he's missing. And um, and so I'm not here. I I. I I just want to, for the people listening, for the people that tune into this, to hear what I feel like, what you feel like is true to the word. Yeah. Because that to me is the key. What does the word tell us? And, and we get off. We're going to have prophets. We're going to have wise people all over the world, people right. who know and love Jesus all over the world that are going to be telling us their, their truth. Right. Absolutely. And we need to not, I don't want to rest on my own truth. Right. I want to go to the word. So let's break it apart and let's get to that because um, let's start at the beginning. It says, what if I told you that Jesus came to abolish religion and it talks about being Republican or Democrat or not? Yeah. Okay. So fine. We can just get rid of that. That's silliness. Of course. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. The American political parties are very different from Jesus' agenda. But it's interesting that uh, Mr. Bethke begins with that word abolish. Yeah. Because Jesus actually says in the Gospels, I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. <laughs> so th this idea that Jesus came to abolish religion, uh, it's kind of a half truth. He, <laughs> he, he came to revolutionized people's experience of God, but that didn't mean throwing all the laws out, which is what some of the Pharisees accused him of doing, just right. being rid of all of those instructions and teachings that were intended to point people to God. Jesus said, I've come to fulfill them. I am God immediately. Yeah. Right in front of you. Okay. Yep. So immediately I'm thinking, yeah. um, so I don't want to discredit him nor anyone that has these thoughts. I think it's good to be, inquisitive, but then don't stop there. Go, go get the truth. So anyway, so this, this religion, the word abolish religion, yeah. I think this is where the big hang up is. Right. What are we defining as religion? Yeah, that's, 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 I think what's getting people off. And then when we say religion is church, well then now no one's going to church. Yep. I hate church. We don't need church. We don't want so what is religion? Yeah. So can we talk about that a Let's little bit? Let's do it. I mean, that is the central question. People have a distaste for religion or they have attractive attractiveness of religion based on what they think religion is. Yeah. Now let's just, I hate to always go back to kind of breaking down the word, but no, the word religion is from the Latin word that means to tie together, to right. bind together, like mm -hmm. lacing up your shoes or wrapping up a Christmas package. Yep. It means to tie it together. So what religion really means fundamentally. Now, I don't know that this is what it means in everybody's mind perceptively, but fundamentally, it means connectedness. Right. It means community. Mm -hmm. It means gatheredness. Mm -hmm. And then it also in, implies a, that I can't be stranded or marooned on my own. I need to be tied to people and to some kind of truth, some kind of principle to guide my life. I can't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. So religion is really this invitation at the beginning of the word, at least, to be connected with other people and to concepts bigger than yourself. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to give us a little taste of why that's going to go wrong and why religion is going to go bad, and I'll give you every ounce of comment on that. The deal is we're human. Of course. So with that is going to come some things that are wrong and some things that are sinful. And when you put a group of people together, you're going to have that. Now, do we throw the whole thing out? Because we're, made, we're if we were all Jesus, this form of religion uniting together and going off, it would be great and perfect. 
but it's not. Our churches are full of, and our, our religion is full of people doing the best they can, and they are screwing up, just like Jeff goes on to say he does in his life. So let's keep going. Well, one of the things I really appreciated about this is he does say that the church is not intended to be a museum for the saints, but a hospital for the sinners. Yeah. And this is, I can affirm that 100%. Yeah. Jesus talks a number of times about the church and the community of God as being this mixed group. Yeah. You know, in the book of Matthew, jotted this down in my notes here, there is in Matthew chapter 13, a parable of the wheat and the tares. And in this parable, Jesus talks about a field where there's good grain growing yep. and there's like dandelions growing. There's fine, tall Iowa corn, and then there's milkweeds mixed in. And he says, that's the church. And that the reason that the church is mixed is because any group of people is mixed. Mm -hmm. You know, you and your spouse, if you're married, have good days and bad days. And the reason that any community of people is mixed is because every individual human being is mm -hmm. mixed. Mm -hmm. The wheat and the tares the good grain in the wheat goes all the way down to my heart where there's some good stuff and some bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just, of course, gets magnified and multiplied when you start bringing sinners together, mm -hmm. that stuff's going to percolate out. Right. Now, the big hang-up that people have with religion is that people inside the church, in the institutional church, pretend that they don't have those problems. Yeah. And so this is where we get into those huge and fundamental questions about judgmentalism. Right, condemnation. People, and this is where, yeah, Mr. Bethke is absolutely right that many churches pretend like they're here as the perfect ones, as the finished product, to really police the morality of the rest of the world. And that just is so off-putting for people and should be because, you know what, it was off-putting to Jesus. Yes, yeah. Throw them nuts. Yeah, so what, what this video does that bothers me is it takes a lot of real accurate points and sort of pits a person against the idea of religion based on some of the truths and not truths. But And does the whole thing rhyming. Which and, is an and he's an incredible skill. rapper, yeah. rhymer. I mean, it's awesome. He's dropping verse on us. Yeah, man. yeah. Okay, but but what I want us to think on and be clear about is um, the difference between church and religion. There's a difference. Yep. And when we're saying these blanket statements, beware. Like, you know, just because you're in a bad church, literally, that's that's maybe doing this full of condemnation, not walking with people, not helping them along. You don't throw out church mm -hmm. and say that all church is bad or throw out religion and all religion is bad. I want you to find a place that gets to the word, follows the written word, and carries out religion in the way that Jesus intended it. Okay, yeah. so let's take this. Yeah, so we really just got through three. I can tell we're not going to get very far. 30 seconds. What? All right. So we are going to go ahead and head off to break, you guys. I want you to stay with us. So we are going to come back after the break on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. 
author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks. Gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. A critical expansion of consciousness is happening all around us. There are both cutting-edge technologies as well as ancient modalities that can come together to heal through frequency and resonance. On Journeys into the Heart of Vibration, host Mur DeMarmian and her guest experts explore these breakthroughs of vibrational healing and forms of sound. Listen in and learn every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Something beautiful is happening on Mondays here each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join Rachel Corpus, angel communicator and psychic medium, along with her holy team, The Collective, when they'll share messages that guide you, heal you, and remind you that you are divine. Rachel loves introducing people to their own angels, and now she is here each week to do just that and so much more. Catch the show, You Are Divine, every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at one 888 346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy. I am so happy you are back with us on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. I have Pastor Tim Breen here. He's my pastor. I'm one of two awesome pastors at our church, but we are very happy to be talking with you. We're in the the middle part of our show talking about religion and what's good about it and what's bad about it and, and really some truths all this. Okay, so we've kind of broken apart a video. You can go listen to it um, after the show airs. I'm going to post the link, but we're breaking it down here, and right now we're kind of getting to this place where he says, he's sort of saying why religion is bad. He says he hates religion, but and, and he uses these examples because single moms um, are told that God doesn't love them because they've been in a divorce, and that um, and yet he come, kind of tries to explain that away because then saying Jesus calls pe- religious people whores mm. in old times. Okay, so yeah, I just got done reading. I'm reading the book of the Bible in a year. We're just getting through that, that time where um, he's, Jesus is, is using the word whore. And I, I remember it's stopping me in my tracks. And this is a, re, this is a you know, biblical reference, my version that I'm listening to, by the way. Um, but what I want to point out is, it, did he 
say the whole religion was, or was he talking about a behavior of an individual? And so be careful with the blanket statements. And that's where most of this, like getting off on religion, we're, we're blanketing things that we do. But in our church, we don't tell people that have been divorced that God doesn't love them. Where is this coming from? Who's I, I, I don't know. And, and what I'd like to do, Nikki, though, is say, if that's you, and the church has told you that because of your divorce, you're no good to God, or because you're a single mom, you don't matter to the church, I am truly and deeply sorry. It, it just makes me, me just about cry because that is a complete failure of our mission as the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. That is without any equivocation wrong and should not happen. And if you have had any kind of experience like that on behalf of the community of God, I am sorry. And uh, I hope that that never happens again. And I recognize to you and with you that forgiveness is very, very difficult in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. What I think uh, Mr. Bethke might be talking about here is, you know, when he, he mentions the people of God are, are whores. I'm not exactly sure the reference he's making. It could be to the book of Hosea, which is a prophecy in the Old Testament in which one of God's prophets is called to marry kind of a, you know, a little bit of a loose woman, and then she walks out on him and he has to buy her back. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the purpose of that story is indeed to show that Israel, God's people, the community of faith has been faithless. They've walked out. But more than that, it's to show that God loves those people mm -hmm. and goes after them and mm -hmm. gets them. And in fact, I thought the strongest part of his whole lyric here yeah. the end, is the very end where he says that, that religion is people searching for God and, and really faith in Jesus Christ is about God in search of people. And that's absolutely the case. Now, just if I can say a word more about that, I think where the hang-up happens is in the perception of how churches approach sin. Mm -hmm. Because Mr. Bethke said that he doesn't like sin either. And churches are places for hospitals, like hospitals for sinners. But what happens in a hospital? Mm -hmm. The intent is to make you well. Mm -hmm. And sin is sometimes the result of things that you do that damage yourself. They're self-inflicted wounds. Mm -hmm. And a church often, if it's doing a shout, tries to, to counsel you and lead you away from those things that are destructive to you toward a fuller life in Jesus Christ. And if they do that wrong, it feels like people are being forced into behavior. You mm -hmm. talk about behavior modification. If it's done right, it's about seeing that Jesus is our model human being, mm -hmm. and we're trying our best to live like he lived mm -hmm. in our relationship with the Heavenly Father, our relationship with our, our own hearts, mm -hmm. to be in concord with what we really believe and be authentic, and then also to live in the right ways with other people. Mm -hmm. that, so that's the invitation to the, the people who are sick with sin, mm -hmm. but it can only come as those who themselves are sick with sin. Right. Right. And you can clearly see, I mean, I'm thinking of the people on Facebook listening and, and the people on Voice America that are going to be listening. If we have, we have free will. And so if we're in these places where churches are doing this, we know that that's not what the Bible asks to judge and condemn. But we do have to have wise counsel and we do have to have discernment. And so if you're in a church that's on the end of condemning and judging, it's not the church you want to throw out. I mean, you go get another church. It's not the religion, you know. And I, he says, I love the church. I love the Bible. 
I hate religion. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in his mind, he's, you know, separating the two. But I don't know that that that's ideal. It's just like it's kind of a take it or leave it thing. If I can't have religion the way I think it should be in my church, then I'm done with the religion. But um, but I want the listeners to be, you know, they're going to be posting and we'll be getting back to them. You can help me, by the way. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. So I, I have this kind of highlighted part in the lyrics. So basically he says, I ain't judging. I'm just saying, quit putting up the fake look because there's the problem if people um, basically are only Christian on Facebook. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I circled there's the problem. I highlighted there's the problem is because it says there's the problem if people. And I do think that's where we're going wrong. We're, we're trying to say that it's the church. We're trying to say it's the religion. It's the people that are getting the way we practice religion wrong. And yeah. I just don't want us to throw it all out. Yeah. It's what the Bible asks us to do. Okay, so... Well, I just would say, again, this is where being really, really careful readers of the Bible, Jesus is on to this very same thing because what uh, Mr. Bethke is pointing out is kind of this... Uh, false front of religion, religion yep. of appearance. Yep. I want so he talks about Facebook, could be Instagram. It might, doesn't need to be social media at all. You want people to think you're better than you are, and Jesus talks about this too. If mm -hmm. we're really reading what the Bible says, we'll see it. Jesus talks about the the Pharisees walking around with their flowing robes, trying to get people to look at them and think yep. that they're great. But he says inside you're corrupt. He says you're like whitewashed tombs that you you're painted nicely, but on the inside you're full of rot. Mm -hmm. And uh, churches need to lead with that. We're all on the inside. Something's not right. right. Welcome to church. Yeah. And one of my favorite lines I began ministry learning this is, "Don't stay away from church because of the hypocrites." Yeah. There's always <laughs> room for one more. I'm a hypocrite, and probably you are too. So come together, and let's try to be as authentic and honest and open about what's going on with Jesus as we possibly can. Yeah, that's good. Okay, I really have a heart for him too where he's rapping about um, his own story. Yeah. And I just wonder how his perception would be if he had been um, led the way Jesus wants us led mm -hmm. in a church. Yeah. So obviously his church didn't lead him that way. Right. And he's clear Mentioned about that. He yeah, says, yeah. I was going out and getting drunk and wasted on the weekends and addicted to pornography and then putting on a facade, you know, at, at church and being a good kid. Um, so, so I guess that's my call a little bit is for us to, what can we do? This video is also about what can we do? And, we don't even know yeah. who's sitting next to us who's addicted to pornography and getting wasted on the weekends. And if we're not building a relationship with those people in our church, um, that's that's going to save us yeah. if we have a relationship. Well, and I, I just, I'm thankful that he pointed that out because that's another really, really important issue that we need to talk about as leaders in the church. And that is that we have made some sins worse than others. Yeah. So if, if someone comes into my office and says, you know, I'm struggling with a kind of ambition or, you know, the truth is I gossip. We would say, oh, you know, that's, that's, that's not the good, not the best, you know, you could do better. That's one thing. People come in and say, I've committed a big sexual sin. And oh boy, the church will just come down on people so hard for sexual sins. Mm -hmm. Now, purity and integrity really, really matters. But we've turned so much of our focus on sexual sins 
that we've ignored the others. And really what churches need to remind people of is that we do sin in actions, but sin is a condition we're all in. Yeah. And the, the, the metaphor I often use is it's like having the flu bug. And as a nurse, you know this. You and I can both have the flu bug. For you, it's causing you to cough a lot. Mm-hmm. For me, it's causing headaches. For someone else, it's causing body it's aches. Good. Yeah. It's the very same virus of sin. It affects you in one way and mm-hmm. me in a second way and our friend across the street in a third way. And churches have not said, this is the situation we're in. We need Jesus. We say, that's sin. Oh, you get, and it's kind of a B plus level sin. This is a D minus sin. And right. this one, you're failing at life. Right. But I don't think God thinks about it that way. He sees all the world in a state of sin and he sent Jesus to save us. So we can't focus so much on certain sins that we ignore the other issues we're supposed to be addressing. Okay, so I have a um, coaching client that said, okay, use this story, but don't use my name. (laughs) So I'm going to use it. So she battled with um, a big sexual sin that she was a part of. And she was unhappy with her church Mm -hmm. and felt condemned just by looks and stares, knew that some people knew, thought for sure it spread like wildfire, whatever. And through coaching, you know, we talked a lot about her, you know, I wanting her to, if not with her own church, a different church then, to go talk to a pastor and kind of get some counsel about this and to open up to the church. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, how many of us, say that our church isn't there for us, but we don't give our church an opportunity. And it may be because justifiably they've been burnt yeah. or they've been, they're in it. Get to a good church. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I did a post on this last week and on Facebook, you guys started pinning on Instagram, pinning your own churches. Like I love my church. My church is awesome. Come here and pinned your church. So if you're listening and you have a great church that doesn't do this, put your church down so people can find it. And thank your pastor. And thank your pastor. But, um, but yeah, so she did. She finally went to the church and she did talk to them about it. And she was met with so much grace mm. and so much and the stairs. Um, and then it went out to the elders and then they took her in and she was like, I, I never even knew my church was like this, yeah. but she didn't give the church an opportunity to be. She wanted to keep the sin in and just worry. We feel like people are staring at us all the time and you never know. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm kudos to that church for responding in the right way. Yeah. With grace and truth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So look at your notes. I'm curious if we we have two minutes. I'm wondering if we can get to another question before we head off. I've got a couple that I can jump into. Sure. Want Go me for to? It. Yeah. Okay. So um I put in there, um, I really wanted us to talk more, and if you have any understanding or can shed any understanding with the listeners about the difference between church and religion. So I looked up uh, the dictionary definition. So religion is kind of a synonym to church in the normal day talk. So church um, is also um, seen as religion. The nouns um, that are different or the main differences between the two is countable. One's countable and the other one is not. But regardless, it's a place of worship, a place where religious services happen. And then the religion is a place of belief. And, and it's typically with the supernatural. Okay. Okay. So I, I just wonder how many of us use the words church and religion synonymously. I bet a lot of us do. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, 
when we're mad at one, I mean, what, what do we want people to kind of understand? Or when they want to go to their church or their consistory and say, hey, we're missing the boat here, what is it? Yeah, I would say that there's a couple other words I would introduce into here as contrast words. The church is intended to be an organism, and religion is organization. Yeah. So we, an organism is living, it's breathing, it grows, it hurts sometimes, it has good days and bad days. Religion tends to be an organization. It has a hierarchy, it has a power structure, and boy, we could talk a lot about that as well. So I like those contrast words. One I like even better, this set, is that religion is an institution and church is a movement. That church, when it's working right, is a movement of people. They're on a trajectory. They're moving outward. They're doing the things Mr. Bethke talks about, caring for the poor, loving others. In fact, the book of James says, right religion, true religion, is to care for orphans and widows. So at its best, the church is a movement of people and grace and good news about Jesus, an invitation to something new and a proclamation it's going to get even better someday. And I might want to tell a little story about that in our third session together. Okay, sounds good. All right, so we are coming back. Don't leave us Facebook. I see people on there now. We are coming back after 30 seconds for the last section of Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. See you soon. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before. All right, everyone. This is Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy. I am so happy you are back with us on Living a Life Within the Sweet Spot. And I'm very grateful that we have Pastor Tim Breen back with us again today um, in this last part of this. We're talking about religion. We're talking about um, why we understand that people are like, I don't, I don't believe, I don't like religion. And yet why we know it's so valuable and we need to like it and what we can do about it to kind of get, get us on a right track. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a couple things that I want to for sure hit on. Um, when, when we see that come up with three minutes, let's start focusing on what we can do. Okay. Okay. Sure. So, um, you, you talked about the hospital, Jeff in here. Is that his name? Jeff? Mm. Oh, Jefferson? Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, he probably goes by Jeff. Yeah. So he also talked about the this sort of metaphor of the hospital, a church, um, a place where people are sick. Um, you touched on the healing and the mm-hmm. and getting somebody fixed and whole or whatever from something that's off and wrong. And so we'll say sin. Um, I really like this because, yeah, it hurts. I was thinking of that as soon as you started saying that. And, and that is the truth. You know, we, I think in today's world, don't want to hurt. Yeah. And every time our emotions are up and crazy, then we're all been out of shape because I'm not supposed to feel this way and stuff. And, and, and so they take a sore debridement you have to do sometimes and it's part of healing. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it hurts. And I don't want us to get off and think that that pain that, you know, that we have to face our sins and go through the process of healing. I don't want us to resist and avoid that and just say, it's okay. You know, I'm happy. I love God. And so it's all good. Yeah. I gave myself to Christ. So it's all good. I still want you to go through the healing and the growth of kind of coming back from sin. Yeah. Well, it's true. And some of the, the, the language I use is that we cannot be afraid to allow hurt to happen if it saves harm. Harm is much worse than hurt. I mean, it hurts when you go in for surgery. Right. But if you don't have that surgery, the cancer is going to grow, and the the worst harm will be who knows what happens. It's going to grow and metastasize. Mm -hmm. And so I think some churches are erring way too far on the side of condemnation and judgment. Yes. I also think some churches, the problem is they're erring way too far on the side of, ah, we're just going to let everything slide. We don't want to offend people. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We want everything to feel good and be happy. And sometimes you have to, as a church, you have to say, this isn't quite right. Yeah. And I know this is going to sting, Nikki, but I need to share with you that I think there's a better life and there's a better choice that you can make. And I think that in the end, you will be happy that you made that choice. Yeah. And it's all about how you shape that message. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say you do this great. Okay. So, um, so last week in church, this is great timing. Um, but I had done a post on Instagram. You can go look it up. It was midweek last week. And it talked about this and um, condemnation. 
and um, how we just sort of resist because we don't like um, these churches that make us feel so condemned and whatever, and it's wrong. You know, Jesus loves us and forgives us. Why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. um, but in, in our sermon, which is very odd for you, you just spoke it just loud and true. You were like, God does not like that. And I remember just having this flash of a comment somebody put on that Instagram post that said, you know, up at the preach, the pastor up on the, the up at the pulpit saying, you shouldn't do that. And this is wrong or whatever. And it was a quick sentence and it was a true sentence mm -hmm. and it didn't offend me. Mm. And I thought, I, it just because we were in the heat of all this, that I, I tried to step back and look, like, why did that not offend me? Because that was exactly what this other person was saying, churches are so bad for. Yeah. And I know the reason why is because I have such a relationship with, and, and I'm not saying anyone else doesn't, but I have such a relationship with God and such a relationship with my church that I, I knew that I was wrong. Whatever it was you were saying, we shouldn't do, and this makes this breaks God's heart, and don't do this. I knew in my mind that's right, and my heart, mind, and soul is wrapped around doing the best I can for God and Jesus. And you're only defensive and insecure and whatever when you're not there. you know. But if you're there, if you own what you've done and you're wanting to do good, you can take it. And so, you know, and part of the part of the problem, I think, with pastors is that we have been too quick to speak in the second person rather than the first person when yeah. it comes to issues. For me, I, I, I live a very that. difficult time saying, and you need to do this yeah. and you got to. I, I usually you know, look at my sermon manuscript and I try to change use to we's because it is absolutely true. I need to preach to myself as well. And there's a whole lot of, you know, just lining up in line with stuff that I need to work on too. It tends to be in a course of a week that I think other people need to work on as well. And I'm like trying to be vulnerable about that as often as I can, that I've got issues as well. And they might be different issues. They might be the same issues, but I got issues too. And yeah. I need Jesus as much as anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And that is exactly how you normally preach. I'm glad you said that. I don't even remember the context. We could go back and look. Um, all right. So now I want to spend a little bit of time um, helping the people that are out there, me included. If we have something that is off in the church that we're at, you have choices. You have free will. Um, we don't. We want you to know the word so you can recognize if this is really good or not good, if it just hurts and I need to deal with it, or if it's wrong and you need to get out. Mm -hmm. So that's the deal. Do you get out and try to find a new church, or do you go to your church and try to talk to them? And then after that happens, you and I'd like an input on how, sure. but after that happens, they either listen and you're happy and all's good in the world, or it doesn't happen. There's no no repair or correction or whatever, and then eventually you're back to the same decision. Do you go find another church? I don't necessarily want us to just pitch everything and stop practicing. Okay, so first, you have a you have a member in the church that comes to you and says, hey, this probably happens. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not happy about this. Yeah. You know, and what about the people who don't say anything? Well, I would say first and foremost, it is an honor when someone comes to me and says, here's something I think we can get better at. Uh, it, it, it honors me and it honors God. And I want you to know that you, if you have that message, you should feel honored. God has chosen you to communicate something to a leader. And I, man, 
pastors, like anybody, we don't like anonymous notes because right. an anonymous note is saying, here's my side of the story and I don't care about yours. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be in conversation. I don't want to learn. I just want to tell. Mm -hmm. And so be honored. Know that God's using you if you have a message for your pastor. And I think that those things need to be handled prayerfully. If someone comes to me and says, here's, here's uh, something we can get better at, or here's something I'm concerned about with you. And those people that have done that in my life have become, we just knit our friendship and our relationship deeper together because I know they want the best for me, mm -hmm. just like I want the best for them. And so trust is so, so important. But I want you to know, if you need to share something with your pastor, our default is to trust you. Mm -hmm. Our default is not to view you with suspicion. If you come in, our hunch is that you have got something very, very important to share with us. So please name it. Please speak it. Please. And then what we often do as pastors is we kind of run things through a sort of filter. We believe that messages like this come from the Holy Spirit. And therefore, Nikki, you'll know this, messages that come from the Holy Spirit are presented in the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So if you present a message to me with gentleness and self-control and in love and with patience, I'm going to say, wow, that's from the Holy Spirit. If you're pounding the table and if you're gossiping and if you're exaggerating, our sense is that pastors is that might be about their personal preference. Mm -hmm. It might be a wound that needs to be addressed in another way. Mm -hmm. It might be saying more about a concern we need to address with them rather than about us. But uh, we really honor fruit of the spirit, patience, gentleness, love. When things are mentioned in grace, we, we receive those and we love to hear those because we all, <laughs> I was going to say even pastors, I'll say especially pastors, have blind spots. And yeah. things we don't see, we need to hear. Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, so say you have somebody that comes and, you know, I, did, I just think I coach with people. Like their skills aren't good. Yeah. So they're coming to you and it's coming off all bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so you still want a church that's going to respond to that. Are you just sort of looking at it in two ways? One is, okay, what's your deal? What's, what's going on? And then also, how can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, pastors, we need to get better at asking good questions. When it feels like people are kind of spinning their wheels, there's something in there, but they're not articulating it just right, we need to get curious. Uh, my, my little personal coaching point is to play more Jeopardy, right? Yeah. Jeopardy, everything comes in the form of a question. Yeah. And even sometimes when we need to address things, we put it in the form of a question. What would it look like for you to, and these are coaching questions that you use all the time, Nikki. What mm -hmm. would it look like for you to call mom and apologize? What would it feel like for you to just delete your email and not look at it for a week? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think pastors, we need to do a little better job of teasing out by asking very healthy, very incisive, and very, very grace-filled questions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. Now you can see why I'm a fan of church and religion, right? Because <laughs> this is my pastor. Okay, so now there's a few, I got onto a few blogs and different things throughout um, the internet that, I, that come from reputable pastors and followers of Christ. And they were listing some of these things. I jotted them down about mm -hmm. reasons why people are turning away from religion and church. So I thought sure. we'd quick do this. Yeah. So greater affluence. I get it. And so it goes on to just kind of say, you know, we are, um, it, when you have money, let's face it, 
you start to, it's easier to get sidetracked by shiny objects. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it is. There's more of everything sort of pulling you away from your one true God. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, these other things start, and it's just real and it happens. Okay? So let's take the next one. Higher focus on kids' activities. Mm. That was number two. Wow. Higher focus. But you see this. We don't necessarily in our small community, but it's like our, our cousins and stuff have this. Now your, um, your, I forget what it's called, but your sports that's not school related yeah. that the kids go to, it's Travel always on the teams, weekend. club teams. Yeah. yeah. And it's taking us away from churches. Oh, we're seeing it. And, mm -hmm. and we're seeing it in every sport. And you and I live in Northwest Iowa. It probably ha hasn't happened here as much as other places. But and even if your activity isn't on Sunday morning, you're just so wiped out by Sunday morning. And you... Mm -hmm. And there's really something authentic about taking Sunday as a day of rest as well. And so we're seeing the rise in online churches. We could talk about that in your next podcast. Yes, but, uh, and we need to get up yeah. with the games. We're we're putting these, listing these, because we want our church to be figuring out how to do the world today and the religion of old um, that we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, blended single families. Mm -hmm. I get this. You know, you're at one church one week, the next church, or maybe you never feel, want to show up. And I have moms, single moms that say, I don't want to go to church without my kids and my, you know, husband if yeah. I don't have one and vice versa. Yeah. Um, the next one, though, is online options. That's what you were just talking about. There's still so many opportunities for you to go to church online. Yeah. And people are like, why do I need to go into a church? We yeah. know this. Speak on the, the benefits of, well, it's biblic that mm -hmm. we need to come together in unity. Um, but, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the short answer for me is that, we come together in relationship because God is a trinity. God's triune. There's relationship within God. There's accountability that needs to happen. You need people to help you journey through life together. And just because the giftedness of God's people working together, yeah. not online from their own terminals or their iPhones, right. but can do amazing things. Yeah, and when you are sitting there in church next to somebody and you see tears rolling down their eyes, I did this two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I saw someone, and so I was able to go and just touch base with them. and. And I'm glad I did. You can't do that if somebody's in the house four doors down right. and you don't know. Can I, can I, can I just yeah. tell a story? Can yeah. I, because I, I, this happened to me, and this might be a good wrap-up story. Good. What does the church need to become? Well, two weeks ago, I was in Phoenix, Arizona for some meetings, and we're staying in a hotel. Hotel had a nice breakfast area there, like a little mini restaurant. And I stayed there three nights, and every morning for breakfast, I saw the same thing happening. A woman on that hotel staff went from table to table to table, and she said to those people, have you stayed here before? And they would say, and they'd say, she'd say, well, I hope you stay again because we're going to renovate this whole hotel, and the next time you come, things are going to be even better. New rooms and even new TVs. And the church today, this is our message, church, as we close. The best is yet to come. It's going to be even better. Come back. Yes. See us again. There's joy. And someday it's going to be perfect. That is and really good. we're anticipating that. Yeah, and we're sticking with it. And yeah. we're going to help do our part to make it happen. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for being with us on Living a Life Within the Sweet Spot. Post your comments. Get to his blog. It's an awesome blog at tellus.com. Yep. We'll okay. post a show link for that sermon you mentioned, too. Yes. That one about David and Goliath. Yes, so we'll we need to. That. All right. We will see you guys later. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. 
please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.